Hey everyone, welcome to Timeline Scavengers, the podcast specifically designed to last forever. I'm Colin Parker, one of your hosts. And I'm James Anderson, your other host. On this show, we're going through the MCU in historical order, scene by scene, until the end of time. That is correct, James. What is also correct is that today is, well, as of 11 minutes ago, it is Monday, August 2nd, uh, 2021, as when we are recording this little soundbite, this little episode for your ears. Mm -hmm. Uh, And we are talking about uh, something that, you know, again, we're going to be in these scenes and these episodes for a while, so, you know, buckle up. Uh, We are in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Season 7, Episode 1, and this clip in particular starts at 1254 and ends at 14.05. Yes. Uh, okay. So what we essentially see in this scene is the the crew has finally made their way off the ship. They're you know making their way downtown, walking fast. Faces pass, and I'm home about. No, uh, no, but they are, they basically, they are now in New York, and they are in, uh, not, I was almost said modern. That's not the, the well, term. And, and we're, we'll have talked about them walking down the street and talking and stuff in previous episodes. That's also a fair point. See, again, we're yeah. out of order stuff is yeah. fascinating. But I mean, like, yeah. they're they're now in the, the after the fat fashion montage that we saw a few episodes yeah. ago, they're now in, like, the era-appropriate dress, and they are approaching uh, the crime scene that we'll talk about in a future episode uh and they are breaking it down essentially just being like uh i don't know why i'm like trying to like avoid spoilers i i i keep like thinking of how do i word this without you know giving too much away but essentially deke has gotten them the most rinky dink little (laughs) badges i've ever seen i mean like quite literally it feels like a cracker jack box would have a better prize right. than this right uh and i don't remember I, I should have actually written this down uh mac even mentions like what cereal box i think that's what he says yeah. he says what cereal box did you pull these things out of because they are the worst looking badges there is no way that this is going to fly with right. these you know with these uh cops and like they're approaching this crime scene fast they're approaching the drugstore and they're like you know we need a cover story we need this we need that like and of course because they don't have their modern tech that they what in the 2000s 2010s yeah they're just sort of like on the seat of their by the seat of their pants you know yeah and they walk up they've got these badges and colson does like the perfect palm cup of a badge uh-huh. i've ever seen and yeah. flashes it really quickly right that thing that you do where you're like oh yeah no i've got my badge yep right yeah. here just and i obviously everyone can't see me but i'm like putting my hand up and immediately putting it back yeah. down so that someone's like, what, what was it? Oh, yeah. I'm oh, sorry. What were you saying? That was, I didn't see the, uh, yeah. I did see a badge. I, I think. did. I think I saw it. So they, they're completely disoriented because they're trying to look at your hand, but also you because you are talking to them. Um, and he says that they're from the uh, the Canadian Mountie police. Like they're they're the Mounties. Sorry. He doesn't say right. the Mountie police. He right. specifies we're Mounties, right? And he's yeah, like. The Royal Canadian Mounted Police. Correct. Yeah. And he's like, what are you doing here? Like, <laughs> I mean, he is essentially, I mean, it is a good point, right? He says that this is who we are, and the guy's like, "Okay, and why do I care?" Because it's like you would not have jurisdiction here, right? And it is a point of a. It's a fictional story, so of course the guy's going to be an idiot. But also, like, you know, there's all sorts of things. Bounties wouldn't necessarily like. I don't feel like. I mean, I could be wrong. I try to look this up, but I did not see anything that said that they are essentially the FBI of Canada. 
No, I think you know they're I mean? the cops. Right, I mean, exactly. So they yeah. wouldn't just like, you know what I mean? Like you, you would have, okay, a good example of this would be if I was a cop for Howard County, Maryland, which is where I'm currently uh, staying, I am uh, visiting family at this time. If, right. if a murder were to happen on James's like driveway, because I don't know, right. something happens in James. Right. And James calls in the cops of, of Fairfax yeah. County, Virginia. And then Loudon I showed County, up. And I was like, hi, Howard County so Police. Loudoun County, Virginia. Oh, sorry, Loudoun County. I'm sorry. My bad. <laughs> um, I always forget you know, where the line is over there. Yeah, we're the um, good one. Oh, okay. Well, that's that's we're getting into some fighting territory here. Uh, loud and proud is what we say. Don't say that. That's, I wish we did, though. It's kind of good, though. Okay. Well, that's fair, <laughs> facts. Uh, so, Oof. No. Uh, Outdated technology. <laughs> uh, no. Okay. So, basically, though, like that would be like that if I were to show up. And Loudoun County was like, yes. And I'd be like, hi, I'm also a cop. Right. But it would make sense if what Max, so Mac backs Colson up and says, we were called here because yeah. a bunch of stuff like this has happened. So if you see it all the time now then, in fiction. Yeah, in fiction, really. But I feel like, the, yeah, go, sorry, I'll let if, you go. If there was a Howard County serial killer. That was the driveway killer. Now, that's true. I, I will say there is a difference there between like someone saying, hey, and they, and they do try to like back it up a little bit here when Colson, wait, Colson's the one that I'm pretty sure that says it, where he goes missing their faces and the guy's like. That, that was Mac. Oh, it's Mac. Okay. And he's like. I, I'm pretty sure it was Mac. He's like. What? And he's like, how did you know that? Okay. So you're. He says, happens all the time in Canada. That's right. And <laughs> I, I will say that that line, I do remember because that was such a good line. Yeah. Because. <laughs> to me, like, especially back then, before you had, like, internet and stuff like that, it is all just, like, what people are saying. <laughs> so you say something like that, and immediately everyone in New York is like, do you know people lose their faces all the time in Canada? <laughs> and then you meet someone from Canada, and they're like, I don't know what you're talking about, eh? Like, it's it, it doesn't happen here. Okay, guy. You know, and they're like, no, I think it does. You know? um, so it's just, I don't know. It's this thing of, like, this is their first, like, real foray into... 1931 right. and like immediately like they are saying shit that just completely made up yeah. not true and somehow it works and it's like obviously like some things translate you know like they're translatable uh like skills and stuff like that but right. like that should not work that easily you know they rolled really high they did on their <laughs> if this was if this was D D, they <laughs> rolled a nat 20 because there's no way like i feel like even though this guy seems to be somewhat dumb, I feel like just saying those sentences, anyone could use common sense to fight that <laughs> role and go, no, I don't think it does. I don't I don't think that's true. I think that you're lying to me. Step over here. I'm not going to read you your rights. I need your actual identification, right? No, like, and it's also a scene, though, where we get a little feistiness from Daisy. Oh, and Daisy best. has this great little scene. Where, you know, they, she, they're all starting to walk in. And again, I need to preface again, this is 1931. So yeah. bear with me. The man in, like, quote unquote, in charge, really, and by in charge, I mean in charge of watching the door. So very right. easily, like, low in rank, uh, is, like, steps in front of her and is like, whoa, hey, hey now. What's a lady like you doing out here? Like, you know, what, you know, you shouldn't be a Mountie. Like, you know, shouldn't you be a wife somewhere? Right. I mean, I'm, I'm paraphrasing, but essentially his whole yeah. thing is as a woman, your position and your place 
is not here, but at home with kids and doing what your husband wants, or whatever. And she's immediately right. like, okay, mister, I just got here. I'm not having this shit. So she immediately is like putting her foot down and she says, um, you know, oh, you know, I wish I could tell you why. I, it's it's so weird. It just seems though that every time I find a man, I just I can't seem to keep him. Whenever he, you know, basically like he gives me lip, you know, he talks back stuff. Like it's it's a real threat saying that people like lose a rib or they go missing. Yeah, things like bro- that. You know, broken ribs. Yeah, right, yeah. broken ribs. And the guy's kind of like, oh. <clears throat> Uh, right this way ma'am and like just immediately yeah. is like you know what never mind Too like i'm i'm out like thought maybe oh maybe i can kind of sweet charm the canadian girl and immediately well, is like nope absolutely not i can't do you think he was trying to charm her because like there's a difference between like i think it's sleazy, half half. like like i got the like i'm shutting you down you're a woman what are you even doing I, here? I think it's 50-50 because to me, okay. the statement starts off as like, what are you doing with the Mountie police, right? Yeah. Because in his mind, it's like women don't belong in the police force. Right. Right. So like, what are you doing here? Right. Yeah. But then also like he does kind of give her the once over, right? Yeah. And it's kind of like, because he, he even then is like, you know, don't you have like a man to be, which is right. again, kind of, uh, again, like definitely a sexist statement to be like, yeah, your position is to be serving like this right. position, but also- it is very much to me like when you're like, oh, I don't see a ring, so yeah. looks like you're available, right? Like, right. oh, what are you doing with the police? Like, shouldn't you, like, and if you don't have one, hi. Yeah. How's it going? Carl when, Jefferson, you know, and you're like. Uh, actually, his name is Fisher, Patrolman Fisher. I don't is it really? Actually you. Yeah. I actually I didn't a, look that a, up. Avengers Ensemble about the actor. That's insane that I, I feel like I got close. I don't, I'm, I could be wrong, but to me. I think you're fine to ease out of a. He's a prop. This guy is an object, and I got to I gotta be, we got to, you know, he's a plot point. Right. Like, oh, for sure. Because, like, we see him yeah. only one other time yeah. for, like, a second. It's, yeah. like, two, three seconds, and then that's it. He's done. His MCU career, gone. Um, the uh, the looks that Coulson and Mac give yeah. to him as they walk in are two of the most, yeah, she's our friend, and she's crazy. <laughs> like. Yes. What um, is that from? Why? What, that's like, from Stranger Things. That's uh, it. Yeah, that's right. That's like, exactly what it is. Yeah. The, the Coulson gives the like. Yeah, that this is what we're walking Canada. Right. Well, <laughs> I I also appreciate it because like a it's also like kind of like you were saying earlier with when Coulson makes his play and the guy is like, "What the fuck are you talking about?" <laughs> so he rolls the help action and he's like, "Okay, here we go." Right. Like I love though that like in this situation. They don't need to help her because, like, Daisy has her shit together. Daisy is strong. Daisy, I mean, Daisy would literally kick this guy's ass up the street and back. And, like, they're like, hey, man, like, that's how she is. Like, dude, like, you (laughs) fucked up. Like, like they they give him that look of, like, oh, it's so cute that you tried kind of thing, you know? And it's it's so, I mean, like, just real quick, she had him quaking in his boots. Just (laughs) had to get that out of the way. That's very good. Um. They had it was such a cool, supportive, like they didn't reprimand. They didn't. Oh, I'm so sorry for her. Oh, they of course, were like right. Let us in. Right. Well, because we, if thing. you let us in, you wouldn't have this is on you. <laughs> I think that this is where the difference is, right, in a way, of like Agent Carter versus Agents of Shield. 
I'm not mm-hmm. saying Agent uh, Agent Carter is like a sexist thing, right? What I mean is that like all the men. Oh, well, I mean, well, it is. yes, but like, <laughs> I'm what I mean is I'm not saying that the show itself is sexist. I'm saying oh, like, no, no, no. you know what I mean? Like I, I'm saying yeah. like it's a thing of the guys of that era were like, yeah, I know, I get it. This is how we are. I kind of don't agree with it, but like, ugh, I well, have except Susa and, and Jarvis. That's yes. why Susa and Jarvis are like Susa's right. like. She knows what she's talking, and right. we'll, we'll get to it. And uh, yeah, we Anyways. will. But like everyone else doesn't necessarily believe her, even though she was very clearly one of the top agents. Yeah. Of like you know, and they're like, okay, but woman, so goodbye, right? Agent like, Carter is one of the most heartbreaking yes, premises. I agree. Uh, and the thing is, is that that's where Agents of Shield. They're like, hey, you don't know that we're from 2017. Right. So in 2017, what you said unbelievably fucked up. I mean, it's still fucked up in 1931, but y'all thought it was cool. You know yeah. what I mean? You know, Pe- Peggy Carter walked in 1946 so that so uh, Daisy could... could run in 1931. Yeah. <laughs> could have run in 1931. Right. That's so true. That's exactly time how travel. time... Yep, time travel. <laughs> DM. My, my whole thing was like, I had... um I... Well, it doesn't matter. Uh, sorry. I, I, I had a hunch and it went literally nowhere. Uh, so I made myself a fool. Um, now, what's interesting is that I then accidentally also looked up something that comes up in another scene because I was okay. following the rabbit hole, essentially, sure. of of the episode. Uh, thought, And then I had a second hunch. So I'm going to just give you a tease right now because I don't remember. Mm-hmm. I don't think I'm going to remember it when we finally get to this episode. I had another hunch uh, okay. for something in the next following scene when they go inside to the crime scene. Uh-huh. That hunch also absolutely literally nothing. And I do not know what my brain thought I remembered. I thought okay. I remembered something about, uh, I, I'll just kind of tease it a little bit. I could have sworn swordfish was like a big thing in New York for real. And I was like, okay, I had all these ideas of what I thought it was supposed to be. And then you look it up and quite literally nothing, nothing really. Like the only thing that's like related to it is that there is a bar and grill now that serves swordfish. Uh, that's, that's the recap. I've kind of gotten into some of the other stuff that I was supposed to get to after the fact, but you know, again, time is weird in this podcast. James, why don't you hit us with a Avengers Ensemble. Okay. So it's a really quick Avengers Ensemble this week, um, or today. I'm getting used to the language that you use when you publish an episode, a podcast more than once a week. Sure. Um, so, Patrolman Fisher, our uh, our patrolman who becomes uh, roadkill in the wake of Quake, Quake, Wake, okay. uh, is played by a guy named Carl Kwiatkowski. Um, he uh, is in basically no other comic book related things. It looks like he's more of like a short film sort of sort of guy. Um, he was in 14 episodes of a YouTube comedy series, a comedy short series called Boomerang Kids, which I looked into because it sounds like a time travel thing. Hmm. Um, but it's not. It's more like uh, the movie Young Adult because Boomerang Kids is the term for when you move back into your uh, house after you have been to college or whatever, you right. return home. And I guess I knew that at one point, but boomerang kids i was really hoping was like a kind of like a, a yo-yo but for time travel yeah um but it wasn't so that was avengers ensemble for carl kwiatkowski 
I would say probably this is my favorite thing that he's done. Um, sure. And maybe this is the most prestigious thing that he's done. And he's joining us right now. Carl, how are... Could you imagine how... Wait, <laughs> you know what's crazy though? I said Carl Jefferson Oh yeah, was the name. So go. I did get the Carl part right. You were just right. channeling the, the actor's name, yeah. Yeah, okay. So I yeah, I got half right and then the other half like somewhat close in the ballpark. Carl right. Jefferson Fisher, I think is absolutely yeah. this character's name. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly I just cut is. you off before you got to the last name. Right, yes, thank you. That's... Yeah, in post I'm going to say Fisher. Swap <laughs> yeah. it in and you're going to go, hey, hey, Patrolman Fisher. Anyway. Uh, so that yeah. is all that I had for Avengers Ensemble. We just see one one new person. Okay, so I, I did want to point out, like, so I was talking earlier about having looked up, like, how frequent uh, how frequent it would be for um, for the RCMP to actually come down and, yeah. like, be a part of things. Uh, yeah. And I don't really think that you really would, because I think part of it is, uh, and I hadn't thought about this actually until just now, I kind of put something together. Really, the FBI is, you know, really much more, like, uh, at home, you yeah. know what I mean? Like usually you wouldn't really see the FBI getting involved in something over in Europe. Right? right. But like the CIA who definitely is very much like a, we look kind of at like how the outside world affects things kind of thing and vice versa. Yeah. Um, so in a way the RCMP is slightly more like the, uh, the CIA, but, but like okay. I, what I did end up finding was, and I, I, I had to go back and find this article. Uh, someone on Quora had once asked, how does Canada's equivalent of the FBI compare to the USA's? And Frank Figliuzzi, Figli, Frank Figliuzzi, I think is how you would say his name. Former maybe FBI Figliuzzi, special maybe. agent. Yeah, probably. Uh, former FBI special agent at the Federal Bureau of Investigation from 87 to 2012. Um, and it was also an upvoted... Uh, answer by John O. Richards, who is also a special agent at Federal Bureau of Investigation. Um, he, what are they doing answering Quora questions? Well, I think that's kind of the point of Quora. There's, it's weird the people that will answer some of these things. That, but truthfully, like you okay. get like so legit. It's a thing. Okay, you you will find. You. I mean, like in fact, I'm pretty sure I have seen something answered by Obama on here before, like actual President Obama. Like, not just, like, someone claiming to be. Like, I think that the the whole purpose not of Clara is to ask questions and look up. Uh, and, like, people, like, basically answer questions to be. It's You know what it is? It's like what Yahoo Answers, I think, was supposed to be. Gotcha. Is, is getting, like, okay. actual answers to things. Is The yeah. idea is that they want people to answer things, like, truthfully and, like, have factual-based things and not be like, hey, what should I name my cat? Bramble Pelt? Right. You know? Uh, okay. Right. So he said, great question, because it brings to light the fact that Canada does not have an FBI equivalent. Uh, by that, mm. I mean that they don't have one agency responsible for both national security and criminal investigations. They have the Royal Canadian Mounted Police, RCMP, who are very talented and professional criminal investigators. And they have a CSIS, which is the Canadian Security and Intelligence Service. Uh, that does a great job of handling non-criminal counterintelligence. Now, the CSIS is much more similar to the CIA, but uh, the Royal Canadian Mounted Police are kind of like a halfway in between CSI, FBI, and police. Like okay. straight up like cops, like right. on our normal USA level. Um, right. 
Now, by law, the two agencies remain separate and cannot share secretly obtained information from CSIS to RCMP, uh, which I think is kind of a cool thing. Uh, I personally experienced this as the FBI's assistant director for counterintelligence in 2012 when I had to uh, advise CSIS that a Canadian naval officer, Jeffrey Paul DeLille, was spying for the Russians, which I feel like the fact that you can tell this answer out loud is insane. Uh, But still, I guess at this point, he's probably been convicted, so it doesn't matter. But CSI has told me that they couldn't work a criminal espionage case, nor could they even tell the RCMP about what we told them. So they had me write a letter to the RCMP advising them that Delisle, uh, Delisle, whatever, was a um, spy. RCMP had not worked an espionage case in modern history, so they assigned their case to their best terrorism officers out of Montreal. Uh, oh, there you go. And Delisle, uh, Delisle, whatever, was convicted. And you can check out the whole messy story on the internet. So they have like different forces that they sort of have to sort of go and work around, but like then they can't share information. So like if you get data that someone else needs to know, like someone else has to, um, which I think is smart because like, okay, to go into comic book stuff, that's how you end up getting things like S.H.I.E.L.D. being taken over by HYDRA. Right. Mm-hmm. Someone gets some secret information and they secretly share it with someone else. And then suddenly you have all these little sort of miniature backstabs within yep. the government. And then suddenly mm-hmm. you have, um, you know, two parties that don't want to actually support their people. I mean, uh, no, sorry. You have uh, anyway. So the next topic, <laughs> but this is another uh, interesting thing is that uh, this is a guy who just I love this one. This is an answer from a guy who just lives in the Canadian Rockies, doesn't have like a main job or anything like that in these fields. He's just, you know, he's got 11,000, uh, you know, views on this and has had quite a few upvotes on it. So it's high up there. This is his job. Uh, well, it, here's the thing. Author has answered uh, 5,000 questions. So he's clearly been involved somewhere. Um, so Poor he had eh? said that the RCMP was originally created in the 1800s as the Northwest Mounted Police to enforce the laws of Canada in the West and later expanded the role to become the Canadian National Police Force, uh, which that happens after 1931, though. Uh, so that happens basically after. So, and probably because of scenes like this where they're like, hey, we need to know what's going on. There's also Interpol, right? That becomes a, yep. like a big thing. And they are sort of like the liaisons with Paris, with right. Interpol and stuff like that. So yeah. it's it's pretty fascinating. Um and it's here's a here's the best part of this answer to me. Uh, as in the U.S., the roles of domestic law enforcement and international espionage espionage sorry are separated in Canada. The RCMP handles national law enforcement in Canada, just as the FBI handles the U.S. CSIS handles espionage and counter espionage for Canada, and the CIA hand, handles it for the U.S. The CIA okay. is prohibited from operating inside the U.S., so it right. has to leave domestic spying to the FBI. Right. Um, That's so, why it was such a big deal when there were bugs, when the mm, CIA was bugging people in the country. Correct. Correct. Exactly. Uh, and so like, that's one of the reasons why, even though they have a police force, they didn't have like necessarily like yet a international just like, hey, right. we're going to show up. And like, it's like, yeah, okay. I get that you have experience, but like, couldn't you just call down to talk to people? Yeah. Like, so it's the fact that they just show up out of the blue. He's like, what are you talking about? Also, yeah. what is that badge? Um, <laughs> but I will say it's very I only got a smart. quick look at it, but it looked bad. <laughs> yeah. I will say it's very smart of them though, 
to at least lie and not say it's something in the U.S. and say we're a new yeah. secret agency. Because let me tell right. you, that would have gotten you thrown out immediately. But to go, yeah. here's something foreign that you definitely don't actually, like you know of, but know nothing about. So the guy yeah. could be like, ooh, do I look like an idiot and assume that's fake? <laughs> <clears throat> yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. There you go. I mean, it at the time, it's like they're shooting with the Mounties. But then when you think about it, you're like, that's actually not... Uh, not a bad plan. Good job, Colson. Uh, yeah, because again, I, I, I know I said it earlier, but I'm just going to point out, didn't have an iPhone. So he couldn't go, hey, Siri. Hi. Do the Royal Mounted, uh, you know, sorry, the Royal Mounted Canadian Police, do they like show up to help solve things in the U.S.? And she's like, Haha, no, that would be illegal. He's like, okay, cool. Hey, I need you to turn around uh, <laughs> and put your hands behind your head and get down on your knees. So, yeah, like the idea of like, hey, we could just make shit up because no one can just fact check us immediately. Right. Does work out to their advantage in this situation. For sure. For sure. And also just scaring the shit out of him with Daisy uh, for sure also helps put them in a in a good spot. So good. Um, Well, that was all that I had, because, again, I had a big hunch and it paid off to uh, literally nothing. So that's the recap. That's the scene. That's the RMCP. Wait, RCMP or RMC? Royal Canadian Mountain. Yeah, RCMP. RCMP. Okay. Uh, yeah. Yeah. The the RCMP, and that is uh, 1931. And it is 1931, Colin. And let's let's before we before we head out of here, let's take a little bit to appreciate another song from the music of 1931. Ooh, yes. Today we're going to talk about the song "When the Moon Comes Over the Mountain" by Kate Smith. Um, it was written by Howard Johnson, probably not that same one. No, uh, no relation. No relation, probably. Or it was the 30s and pe- like four people did 75 things. Um, Thomas Edison was once the inventor of soda. Um, okay, so Harry M. Woods, which sounds like a prank call name, and Kate Smith. Uh, it says, as Johnson is primarily known as a lyricist and Woods, with, when collaborating with lyricists, primarily wrote music, the actual apportionment of the credits would likely would be likely to be music by Woods, lyrics by Johnson, and possibly some small contribution by Smith in order to give her a share of royalty income. So I think it was like, if you wrote the music, I wrote the lyrics, and we had Tracy sing it, but we gave her credit for like having done a run or whatever, so that it's not like she gets nothing for being making right. this thing famous, which is cool. Like that's that, I'm like, all right, that's actually really cool to hear about. Um, it's. I mean, I mean, I hope that that was actually the case, and not like she did the whole thing. And they're like, "Hey, I'm Howard Johnson. I'm gonna take credit for these lyrics that you wrote, Kate." And she's like, "Hojo." Um. <laughs> so a uh, couple of, of of trivia facts about this song. Uh, this song was hummed by Groucho Marx during uh, the famous breakfast scene in the 1935 film A Night at the Opera, which I'm gonna go back and 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 watch again because it's this thing where it's like. I was listening to uh, the Hitchcock minute where they were talking about North by Northwest, and like there's this string band or this uh, you know string quartet playing. String band makes it sound like a banjo thing, but yeah. this uh, string quartet that was playing this song that was like today's a very strange day, and they're yeah. like, so if you think Hitchcock wasn't thinking about what the band was playing and how you can make that be right another thing, um, I like to think you know Groucho Marx basically throwing in a, a music ref just randomly in the scene that he was in. Um, 
Also in the Three Stooges movie uh, Dizzy Doctors from 1937, Moe gets on a PA system and says, Hello, everybody. We just brought the moon over the mountain uh, in reference to this song. And then finally, this is the song that Kate Smith sang for King George VI and Queen Elizabeth when they visited the White House in 1939. I feel like that's such a weird thing. Okay. You know, the current queen, Elizabeth. Right. I know. Yeah. (laughs) When when eight years after this, they've gone very far back in time scene takes place. Yeah. When the current queen, um, she was probably pretty young. She was probably like a kid back then. Let me just look that up real quick. 20. So she was, uh, 13. But still, alive and a teenager. Anyways. One day away from having a cool-ass birthday, though. Is her birthday right before yours? What? Is her birthday right before yours, or was she born in, like, 419? No, uh, she was four, uh, April 21st. Nice. Yeah. Nice. One, one day away from being a 420. And that's basically the music of 1931. Shall I move on to social media? Yeah. Uh, if you want to find me, you can find me on Twitter, at Colin. M. Parker. Uh, but what about you, James? Where can we find you and other stuff? Well, you can find me on Twitter at Unabashed James, and you can find our show, Timeline Scavengers, the show that you've been listening to, the one that we're doing right now, uh, that we're doing the social media for at Timeline Scav. Uh, it's part of the Scavengers Network, which you can find online at ScavengersNet. Um, we definitely want to uh, also give the Twitter for Nick Bramald, the composer of both our intro and outro music. Uh, you can find him at N Bramald, that is B-R-A-M-A-L-D, or nickbramaldcomposer.co.uk. Um, and I'd also like to talk about the Patreon, if I could, for just a second, Colin. Would that be all right? Absolutely, Would it be Please okay do. if I talked about the Patreon? Yes. God, never lets me talk about the Patreon. Okay. <laughs> so <laughs> the Patreon for uh, Scavengers Network is at uh, patreon.com slash Network. Listen, I joined Patreon for bonus content. That's what I signed up for for most of my stuff uh, on Patreon for. For $2 a month, the Scavengers Network bonus content, I'm going to say this. Now, I am part of the network, and I do contribute a lot of the the bonus content. But all that aside, unbiased opinion, before I joined the network, everything, Scavengers Network has the most and best bonus content of any Patreon I've ever, ever been a part of. Oh, thank you. So consistent good varied scavengers content creators info community community treasure and uh boxes of stuff bonus content two dollars a month gets you so much bonus content i can't even stand it i can stand it i love it but you won't be able to stand it you will love it too you'll sit down because you can't stand how much bonus content there is um So, uh, patreon.com slash the scavengers network. Uh, and then when you, if you, if this is your first time joining, yeah, if you, if you, if this is your, if this is what gets you to sign up for the scavengers network, one, I have a bridge to sell you, two, because I'm doing a bad job of doing this, but two, uh, when you sign up, there will be a checklist for the shows you listen to. If you listen to other scavenger shows and this is what pushed you over the edge, cool, check those off. Definitely make sure you check off Timeline Scavengers so that Colin, our boss, knows uh, where people are signing up for. And uh, if it's Timeline Scavengers, he can give himself, you know, half a pat on the back. Um, And that's going to do it for today, uh, 1931, uh, Timeline Scavengers. 
I'm James Anderson. And I'm Colin Parker. And as I ride away on my Canadian horse, I say, Excelsior! As I ride away on my Canadian horse, I say, Excelsior! You hosers. Pass the poutine. All right, bud. And we, oh, I'm, we've lost all of our Canadian listeners. Oh, cool. oh shoot. In fact, they're, they're undownloading. We've lost ev- <laughs> They are, we've they are lost telling people in Michigan to, to also not listen. Weird. Okay, I'm going to stop recording. The Scavengers Network. Creator-driven. Community-focused. Treasured content.